Welcome to Everything Life Coaching with John Kim and Noel Cardo, founders of Journey Coaching. If you're inspired to begin your own life coaching practice or just want to learn a little bit more about what it's all about, visit journey.co. That's J-R-N-I.co. Hey guys, on today's episode, Noel and I are going to tackle getting unstuck. Noel, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> How are you? I'm well. I'm really excited about this topic. As I was writing it um, and coming up with the powerful questions to get you unstuck, I was kind of blowing my own mind and thinking about my own life. And I was like, oh, I can't mm. wait to talk about this with John. Yeah. I mean, I think this is a common, I mean, so many people are stuck and I actually like this concept of getting unstuck because I'm a visual person and I like seeing that. Like I like seeing that I'm in quicksand and I need to get out. Yeah, yeah. Or just stuck to the ground. I had the visual of, you know, a big ball and chain around your ankle where you're kind of looking out into the world and you're stuck in one place. Well, let's um, let's tackle it. So I've been messing around quite a bit with goal setting theory recently. And it's interesting to me, of course, as a veteran coach to do this work, because I don't think that the general population realizes that there's actually a science to setting your goals. Right. So you're not just uh, randomly setting goals, but there's a, a science, a structure, a strategy to it. What goal setting theory tells us is that when we're looking at individuals who are prime movers, you know, people that are recognizable globally, like I'd say Richard Branson is a good example of a prime mover, somebody that does stuff that changes society, changes um, the way that we think and move. Um, these folks come up with goals that most people say that's impossible. And isn't he also like, doesn't he own like a hundred companies or he's a part of, I don't know how, how, I don't know how he manages all that. He's prolific. He's absolutely prolific as an entrepreneur. And all of the things that he's done have come from a place of concrete impossibility. You can't do that. And so, you know, that's, that's the high level. That's kind of like the, the role model there. And then taking it down to actionable work for us mere mortals, we know that when you set a goal, it should live just beyond the scope of your imagination, just beyond what you can actually imagine in your brain. But but it, but also not far enough where it's just completely unrealistic, right? And how do we determine that? I think that, that that's where the, the tricky part is, and there's a lot of different ways in, there's a lot of different ways that we can attack it, but if we're thinking about setting a goal that lives beyond the scope of our imagination, that makes sense because if we're doing something new, if we're going to uncharted territory, we can't know what the goal state is going to be like. We can't craft a future vision that we can actually imagine. So. Step one is getting comfortable with this aspect of not knowing and maybe pulling in broad strokes of what we want or how we want to feel or some things that will change for us once we have transitioned or transformed. What are some questions that can guide us to get us there? 
So I, I always like to start in time frame chunks when we're, we're looking at future vision because change doesn't happen overnight. So just as a foundation, I like to start with a five-year structure with my clients because that's reasonable, that's actionable. And sometimes you have to coach with someone for a little while before you can even get to that place of, well, what do you want life to look like five years from now? if everything has gone as well as it possibly could. And the exercise that I like to use is a narrative exercise where you let your brain, your subconscious just imagine and and not put any pressure on yourself and say, okay, you know, you wake up in the morning, what do you see? You know, Mm. what do you actually see? And walk through the day in your imagination and notice what your brain comes up with. for years when I did this exercise, whenever my brain opened up the box of possibility, I started out in the kitchen of whatever home or space I was in. And that's totally me. I love to cook. I love to entertain. And then one day it shifted and my brain opens up in a workspace. Oh, that's interesting. Isn't that interesting? Because from, from, my, from through the work. <laughs> yeah, my, my priorities shifted. I think before we can, you know, get into the powerful questions, we kind of have to look at what actually keeps us in stuckness. There's a big fear that most people face, and it's the fear of not having enough. Absolutely. Not having enough. Um, if things will ever come, also not being enough. Not being enough. Yeah, 100%. And this is one of those things where all of the things get to be true at the same time. It's real. Scarcity is real. Life is hard. Um, Having deficits financially, mentally, emotionally, this is all real stuff. And it's also slippery due to looking at Maslow's hierarchy of needs and the theory of adaption. So We know that from Maslow, what our core needs are, are psychological safety, love, belonging, esteem, and self-actualization. What is missing in that list based on the concept of not having enough? Self-care. That's not in there. Um, Money is what I thought of. And that's where adaption comes in and it gets tricky. So there's this tipping point, there's this balance. Uh, Several years ago, there was a very popular article that was floating around that said, you know, if you make $75,000 a year, you're gonna reach, you know, your happiness point and like, that'll be it for you and and no more, no less, you know, will make a difference. And I kind of said, oh, that sounds like bullshit. But as I've I've gotten older um, and I've really started kind of examining this stuff. It's 75K per year might not be the number, but it's it's true. Once you get to a point of relative comfort, not fancy, but just stable relative comfort where your basic needs are met and you have that core stability, material gain won't actually increase your happiness. It won't actually increase the way that you feel about your existence. And if you do get bumps, it'll last only three months. Yeah, you know what? This is really, uh, I can relate to this so much because when I was working in nonprofit and uh, I, I, I always felt broke and I was only making like, you know, 36 grand a year. I was always in a uh, uh, a state of fight or flight. I was always, um, you know, even if it was subtle, there was panic. 
and it didn't get me to actually uh, relax and be creative and not worry. And um, it wasn't until I had um, enough financial security where I just didn't have to worry anymore that I then felt more that I could thrive. You know, and so you're right. It wasn't like, you know, it's not like millions or anything, but it was just that 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 tipping point. And maybe it's 75K. I don't know what that translates to today. Um, and I'm sure it's different for the individual, right, depending on your on your lifestyle, where you live and all that. But when you get to a point where you, you're not like when you don't think the sky is falling, that's when you could really, I think, exponentially just kind of thrive in life. And we live in a world and a society that tells us more is better. And it's really not. It's your mindset that if you can accept that your basic needs are met, if you can accept that you have enough, that you are enough, that's when you switch from this concept of abundance um, you know that were this concept of scarcity to this concept of you know what I'm okay what do I want to build from here versus what am I afraid of in the last five years I've been obsessed with our states I've been obsessed with dropping into our bodies and um, allowing that to be our radar more than more, more so than than our logic you know and and for me I've been logical for most of my life and hit a lot of cul-de-sacs went down wrong roads. Um, and when you get to a place where you feel uh, not threatened and calm and, you know, uh, not living in, in panic, then I think that uh, you're able to intentionally live on a higher frequency. You're able to practice things like gratitude and, and seek joy. And, um, if, and then when you don't dip, I think that that kind of it just puts you into an attracting state. Yes. So the powerful question here is how would your life change today if you accepted that you have enough and you are enough oh i mean that that would i think if if you can get there and i think what's hard is to really believe that you are enough i think that's a journey uh, uh to really believe that you have enough but yeah i mean when you get there it changes everything you know you're you're no longer trying to escape <laughs> you're already you've, you've already arrived yeah. And I think, you know, with the pandemic, there's so much opportunity here because we're not able to focus on the outside world or zooming around or traveling. And you're forced to really sit with yourself and sit with your items. And um, there have been so many times where people have said, you know, what do you want for your birthday? And I'm like, honestly, nothing. <laughs> like there is nothing that I need. There's nothing that I want. Like I have everything that I need. I have a roof over my head. I have people that I love. I have my doggy. I have a job that's great. And I'm good. How would you get to a place where you feel that you have enough? And of course, it's okay to want more. Of course, you should build and expand and grow and all of that or whatever's important to you, accomplish your goals. But how do you get to a place where you actually believe that you have enough, you think? It's, it's more about shifting your perspective towards what you want to call in versus what you want to avoid. And, you know, that's, that's the threshold. It's looking at your existence with joy and contentment and excitement 
versus scarcity. Um, so, you know, guys, for those of you listening at home, I live in a really humble little apartment in Philadelphia. Um, it's a million years old. Um, it's rickety. My mom is like, oh, your kitchen, God, you know, but I'm happy. <laughs> like, I'm happy here. I love the trees. I love the plants. I love the architecture and the limitations um, that you know, the voices that say I, I should want more, um, I don't own my home, um, you know, those are constructed. So it's a choice of waking up and, and saying, you know, I think I'm going to take five minutes and, and read a book and sit in the sunshine and tuning into um, other forms of riches. Yeah, and and I I will have to admit, and I don't want to blame uh, it on me growing up in Los Angeles, but I'm definitely a lot more materialistic than than Noel. Um, but I I now believe at age 47 and have gone through some stuff that um, things you know wh- whether it be houses or motorcycles or whatever you know we all want things. Um, they're more of a byproduct of me swimming toward uh, service and my true north and being creative and and all of that. Um, when I when I feel like I have a sense of purpose, to me, that's the goal. That's the value. And then usually what comes out of that, uh, because you get obsessed with your purpose, is, you know, you make more money or you have more financial security or you could then buy some things. But it's flipped where before I was just chasing the things. And I thought that when you have, you know, the fancy car or the house in the hills or whatever, then that equals success. That was a, a blueprint that was in my brain for, for you know, all of my 20s, most of my 30s. Um, but now I feel like all of those are extra, you know, and it's okay to want them, but they're the ripple of something greater that, that, that is not materialistic. Oh, yes. And we know, too, that, um, you know, those things will only give you excitement for about three months before you go back to the state that you were at before. And I think he said something really important. It's, it's chasing your purpose. And that ties to activity, action, engagement, being engaged in your work, using your mind, investing in other people, investing in movements and growth and what you actually care about in the world and impact. There is nothing in this life that can replace taking action in life and creating impact and change, whether it's for yourself, for your family, internally, for society. Um, that's where we find true and deep contentment. And that's where we need to imagine just beyond the scope of our imagination. Yeah. And you know what? I love that you said, um, whether it's for the world or for your family, uh, because I think, especially today with uh, social media, people think impact means you have to change the world. People think impact means you have to, you know, throw some giant wide net and affect millions of people. And that's not true. Uh, you can impact your circle. You could impact your friends' lives, your family. And to me, that's just as important as, uh, you know, impacting um, the masses. It is. It's deeply important. You know, you can create impact by baking some bread for your neighbor. And and those things, you know, that's that's where the deep, deep riches are. Um, and then, you know, too, on the flip side is, you know, our imaginations are limitless, right? And so if we're really playing around with our imaginations and, and letting 
that muscle work. That's where you come up with the pie in the sky ideas. That's where you come up with the prime mover ideas that can change society and can change the world. So, you know, they're two sides of the same coin um, and they're both super valid. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, um, and this is what triggered, uh, I, I, I triggered an, an image when you said imagination. I was thinking about me and my own story. Um, one of the, the most powerful ways that I got unstuck was um, connecting to that fearless 13-year-old kid who um, locked himself in a room and 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 played the uh, you know with Legos and who was out spinning on his head and who was you know uh, just living life and as a as a forty seven year old um, when I do those things when I and and Legos to to me is you know social media and and, and helping people in different ways and playing around with all my pie in the sky ideas. Um, I feel the most authentic. I feel the most light. I feel the most free and I feel the least stuck. Um, when I'm, you know, on my motorcycle, uh, and I'm connecting to the spirit of that 14 year old kid, or if I'm doing butterfly pull-ups or something where I'm tapping into that nine year old, uh, break dancer in the eighties, um, I feel so unstuck. And so for me, I feel like getting unstuck. Sometimes it, it has to do with a reunion connecting to parts of yourself that you have uh, locked away. Yes. And I love that you brought up living in the mix because really this, this whole concept of getting unstuck is all about facing the fact that you have one precious life. That's it. That's what you have. So, you know, look at what you're doing with your time. Sometimes getting unstuck takes a huge reckoning. You know, are you spending your life sitting on a couch? Like, are you spending your life scared to go outside? Are you spending your life ignoring the relationships that sustain you? Um, what are you doing with your time? And so, you know, the powerful question here, and I'll give the caveat that this doesn't have to be a prime mover goal. It can be something like, you know, hiking the Appalachian Trail is what would you do or what would you try if you knew you could not fail? Yeah, and maybe um, one piece of that is to um, redefine what failure looks like. It's not so heavy, so it's not a giant stamp that says defective. You know, um, I uh, I don't really see failure as failure like I used to. Um, today, I see it more as information and learning and growing. It is information and learning, and you know what we know from coaching and goal setting theory is that when we're working with clients very strategically in this way to set goals, set a plan, take action steps, experiment, sometimes when you start out on the path, things don't work. And it would be absolutely foolish just because you made a plan to keep going down a road that is clearly the wrong road. And so it's really you know, a matter of being smart and looking at what's actually real and true in front of you and then regrouping and making decisions to go in another direction. There's um, something exciting about the giant what if in a positive way and, and can I do it? Can I get away with it? Um, as I'm talking to you, I'm actually in my car doing this podcast and uh, I was telling Noel, um, uh, 
uh, and this is the first time I, I did a podcast in the car and, and due to circumstances, I, I wanted to do this episode. And then I said to myself as fear kicked in, like, oh, that's not appropriate. You know, you should go into a soundproof room and blah, blah, blah. Um, I started asking myself, well, maybe I could pull it off. Maybe it will sound good. Uh, maybe I can execute this via, you know, um, a, a way that I give myself a new experience of being completely mobile and podcasting. And so then now I get excited about it. And then here I am in real life uh, attempting it, <laughs> hoping yes. that if right. I fail, then it, it is information. And then um, some people will be mad at me and hopefully <laughs> John and I go to great lengths to record this podcast. We have done some weird things collectively. (laughs) Yes, but that's the beauty of it. And I think that when people listen to that, it's going to um, hopefully encourage them to do that as well. You know, um, I, I, I think safety, uh, although important sometimes can, can make your life stale. And so even something like this, podcasting an episode in your car, knowing that you could lose connection or it could be loud or whatever, there's an excitement to that. And, and this is just me, but that's what like gets me to live and be very present. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, we're moving to, we're, we're actually, you know, following exactly where we need to go here in, in moving to action. And, you know, whether it is um, making sure that we're going to do a podcast or whether it's, you know, getting out of bed and, you know, doing something different with your day, not looking at your phone first thing, um, inaction, letting things stay the same or not trying new things, not taking action is what will actually kill your soul and kill your dreams. Yes. And let's end with this question. What excuse will you give yourself at the end of your life if you never try? Mm -hmm. It's a very, very important question. And, and, you know, um, we're not we're not ending with this to be dramatic, um, but it's something to think about. And hopefully um, if you can answer it, it will push you forward. Yes. If you can answer it, it will push you forward. And, you know, yes, these powerful questions are are really heavy hitting. So the powerful questions to get you unstuck are how would your life change today if you accepted that you are enough and you have enough? Boom, that's your threshold. So from there, what would you do or try if you know that you have enough and you knew that you could not fail because failure is a construction? And then, you know, to really drive it home, what excuse will you give yourself at the end of your life if you never try? And so these powerful questions, this is what we use for ourselves. This is what we use for our clients. And if you want more of this, we teach powerful questions at Journey Coaching. So come see us. If this resonates with you, if you're saying hell yes, then come on in the water is warm and so is the science of transformation it's awesome thank you for uh another great episode noel and guys um if you feel that uh you have gone through your journey and you have gotten unstuck and you could help other people get unstuck maybe that is a calling maybe that is your purpose maybe that is going to be your new true north um so come ride with us come see us at journey coaching awesome all right john time to get out of your car (laughs) be well thanks Ready to cut through the BS of becoming a coach? Snag John and Noelle's six-step guide to becoming a life coach at journey.co slash everything. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O slash everything. 
If what you've heard here today speaks to you and you want to learn a little bit more about becoming a coach, visit journey.co, J-R-N-I dot C-O. We've graduated nearly a thousand coaches and offer vibrant community, strong lifetime support, and world-class coaching education. We're fully ICF accredited and look forward to watching how you use coaching to make a bigger impact in the world around you.